I wanted to um, flesh out the other idea that I mentioned in the Wander Back episode about, you know, I touched on the player handbook, like the DDO player handbook type official type thing where the developers could lay lay out uh, a more more permanent rule set for players to understand and operate under. Again, it goes back to the the idea of, of the DDO as a a living, breathing tabletop, and it's not uh, restricted by turn base because the fantasy is that you're living out the moment-to-moment actions of your character, which to me, and anybody that's uh, played Dungeons and Dragons and enjoys it, that's kind of like the penultimate experience. You get to be your character with other people online. It seems like a like a knock out of the park, and all the answers to fix it, I believe, lie in front of us. Part of I think the answer is again the nerfs and the iteration of system upon system upon system and fresh ideas to restrict players or to have resource dumps add excuse me add new resource dumps for players so they have the feeling of something to do or the the feeling that they're on this character journey that's a very broad statement because if you take each system that's in DDO, it can all kind of be, it's all kind of a resource dump. You know, the enhancement tree system, the feet system, all that stuff, it's a, it's, pardon me, not, it's not all a resource dump, but it, it is a, it is, it is about managing the resource that's available and, um, the additional systems that turbine has added is specifically designed to uh, create grind and create the gear tetris that we experience some of that's okay right some of that's absolutely okay because we're going to run out of shit to do. And if you ever played, if, you, if you're a player like me and played when the cap was 10, 12, 14, 16, you remember being bored and wondering what else there, if there was ever going to be something else to do. So we don't want to go back to that. So they've done a good job uh, swimming upstream, so to speak. Um, and finding stuff for us to do. I, to me, okay, I'm going to uh, just talk about now what the title is. It's uh, uh, Player 
character trait enhancement tree. You can name it anything. I needed to have something very general. It needs to be an enhancement tree, but it needs to have, it needs to be specific. It needs to be simple so that the title when you read it is easily understood. You know, I'm kicking this idea around a lot. And the more I kick it around, the more I just <laughs> iterate it myself, right? But I think that's that's the thing. We've got to, all these systems have to be done now. Um, so in the future, uh, when that when they finally release that book, uh, yeah, it's it's easily understood and applied. So the play it's, to me, it, the enhancement trees are great, but they're terrible. To me, imbued ice is a great idea. It's also terrible. Why? Well, because, uh, well, I, because let's just take the Imbuda example. Imbuda was, people were, nobody, when it first was just mentioned on the forums, nobody really it was like, that's bad. But people were like, hmm, is it going to be good? And then it turned out to be too good. And I uh, have played around with it a little bit, and it's a fun system, but it's severely lacking. I also learned from some friends of mine that play R10 that imbue builds are not as, as good in R10 because of the, the, the reduction in damage that they provide or the Reaper uh, forces on a player. So... That's a whole other issue, but we are addressing that issue, that very issue of of balance and power right now. We can do it right now. So I have this idea of, and it's, it's you know, there's a lot of this is parallel thinking. I mean, I, I mentioned it in the podcast because I want people to start thinking about it themselves. But I've been kind of doing this for months. And... I'd like you, if you're listening, to take the idea, roll it around in your head, make it your own, and spit it back out so we can talk about it. Because I think we can easily come to some more permanent solution to this balance, this thing we call balance, and uh, this thing, D the DDO. So let's take Imbuda. It's a great system, right? It's a cool idea. It's definitely a great idea, I think. And people love it, right? Look at all the theory crafting and build crafting. Now, right there, I'm going to stop you and call bullshit. Because imbued eye is just a mechanic for the developer to control your damage. And a way to make the game easier at lower difficulties. And... A simple, the simple build mechanic of the Imbudi is, from my talking to my friends who play R10, is extremely restrict, restricted. So it's not for everyone. So here's the thing with Imbudi. 
this is not uh, when I'm talking about the abudai. I don't mean to, and I have several different versions of this uh, player character trait enhancement tree. I have several versions of it going rolling in my head, and I wish you could stop me if I confuse you, or my I just kind of ramble into a different iteration, but I didn't stop and explain. It. I wish you could stop me. But alas, I'm here in the present all alone, and you are there in the, in the future, and then you will be there in the past. So, while we have this uh, chronological barrier, and I can't have this conversation with everybody that is actively listening, please talk about it. So within, well, let's start with the player character uh, trait enhancement tree. Let's start there before I get into the imbued eye thing. I have several different versions of it. But what I envision is a marriage between the feet system of 3.5, and I know that developers are probably cringing because I, I understand that the feet system itself is part of what uh, generates lag. I think that was mentioned in an interview. So adding feats and then adding that coding, I don't know, I, I'm sure that this could potentially be a, you know, something that, if, if that's true, what I'm remembering, that it could be something that creates lag. So. What I'm imagining is an enhancement tree that doesn't exist. It's just a blank, blank enhancement tree. But what does a blank enhancement tree look like? How many, how many enhancements are in, in, in each tier? Well, that needs to be standardized. And that should be placed in the rule book. It's simple to standardize it. But these ideas, this particular idea, was never... Um, I don't know if it was ever talked about. I don't think it was. But my the thought is that the character trait enhancement tree wouldn't be a universal tree per se it's a way for a player to continue to customize their build sans wasteful filler enhancements there's one thing i've noticed about the enhancement trees is that there's many that are just fillers but there are also many that are really good. But because players are the certain builds people are coming up with, it's just not good enough. So it's useful, but it's not as useful as this or that. It's kind of power crap. So that's a great idea or that's a great, great way to put it. So there are some enhancements that are straight fillers and generally never taken. Unless, say, you're trying to bump up a tier, right? 
And then there are others, enhancements, that are just power crept. Like, I wouldn't take this in tier two, but because I'm gonna take this one in tier four and it doesn't make this one obsolete, but this one just doesn't add as much, right? There's a lot of that kind of stuff going on. And of course, that's how some of these great bills are formed. They, they, these guys look for the low-hanging fruit. They essentially mash it all up. So what if we're able to standardize the low-hanging fruit? Completely standardize it. It would, it would gut, my idea could potentially gut the universal trees slightly, but it also makes breathing room in them so that they maybe can come down a little bit. Well, what do I mean by this? Well, you haven't said anything yet. You're just well laying the groundwork. Well, let's get into it. Let's take, for example, two hit and damage. If you spend, if you have to spend a fee, right? My idea is to not make it overly restrictive, but make it that the that a player has to invest in it. So, to unlock, say, up to the five point tier, the, the spend five points. You got to take a fee to unlock it. So you got to boom, take a fee. Hmm. Let's rewind that. I sound like a developer. I need to sound like a player. So you spend a fee to unlock it, but you get to spend up to the 10 point tier. Yeah, I like that. And one version of my head has every core as, as a modular thing. It's, it's a, it's a it's a selector from many different things, but I also feel like that could potentially bloat and confuse new players. So I don't think that's really a good idea, but there needs to be a feat taken to unlock it. And then once unlocked up to tier 10, so now you have something to play with. So let's play with it. two hit and damage. Your first, you know, five, you know, the, the first, probably the first two that you should put back to back is two hit and damage. Spend one point, take, uh, you know, dex to hit and damage, boom, perfect. Or intelligence to hit and damage, whatever you want. You can pick whatever you want, one point. Of course, you got to spend five points to get the, the damage portion. But they're all tiered. And at the third tier is your trance. Okay. Remember I was talking in the last episode about how everybody has to take a trance. Well, here's that solution. Everybody can take a trance. Now, here's the downside. It'll cost you two feats to get the trance. Because with the player character trait enhancement tree, the two hit and damage from the universal trees will be removed. All removed, trances, all that stuff. Rising Walker, gone. If you want your character 
if you want to customize him, that he's uses whatever stat to hit and damage, it'll be in this enhancement tree. And you'll spend one feet to unlock the tree, which you don't have to do now. And then to get the trench, you'll have to spend another feet. There's a, there has to be, this is a good trade-off, I, I believe. It's obviously arbitrary. I've uh, just, from my own experience in the game, playing it for many years, I just feel like it's an adequate cost. One feet. The feet can just simply be uh, named after the enhancement tree or however, you know, it should be a little sexier than what I'm saying, but uh, or flashier, pardon me. But uh, that would be the general idea. Now you also have, once you've standardized the enhancement trees, for the most part, so anything that's they would have to standardize. I would like to see them standardized. If they're not, they don't have to be. But I would like to see it standardized because then we can count how many things are in each tier. And, and you, you really want all these choices to really matter. Um, and the, because the choices, and if you look at the enhancement trees as they are, obviously we have some dead trees and a dead enhancements but the reality is in almost every tree um, it's a pyramid scheme right especially some of the older ones yeah you're, you're just getting 20 30 30 and then you spend 32 34 then you're out of that tree and that's not really customization that's like uh, I don't feel like that's a good system and one that can last that's why I'm kind of drawn to this idea I also think there should be I, I, this is so now I'm going to bring the Imbudai talk and I'm, I'm thinking in my head and I just I'm not scared to say it it's just I don't uh, it's so new to me I just really thought of it a week ago and I'm, I haven't really been racking my brain about it I just I thought of it and I made note of it a couple notes and then but the, the character trait enhancement tree I've really been focusing on I just I really want to marry the two ideas so let me tell you about my idea for the imbued eye and then you'll see the conundrum the I don't know if it's a dilemma or a problem but it is something so my idea for the imbued eye imbued eye is great why is it great because it's a universal application of damage for all characters it can get you know especially the way they've you know the, the toggles added the toggles to the classes that can use it so my idea for the imbued eye is similar to the player character trait enhancement tree but it would just be for imbued eye however you could potentially just mash it into it might fit perfectly in the player character uh, trait enhancement tree i think it might so my idea would be remove all the imbued eye from all the classes and all the enhancement trees
Now, that locks your imbue die behind spending defeat. Okay, that sucks. A little bit. But you got to remember, we have, we can spend 10 points. So, I think the first one, the first tier, would give you the imbue, uh, wouldn't give you an imbue toggle, because the imbue toggles would remain with the classes or the enhancement trees that they are associated with. But the imbue die would, would the, the advancement of that would come from the, your player character enhancement tree which I think is a good idea because now it's all centrally located and it's much more handily balanced and more permanently iterated on because when you create new enhancement trees, which you as developers inevitably will, you don't have to mess with imbue die anymore. It's already handled. We do have one issue with the imbue die and that is and my, 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 my perspective, anyways, is um, a percent to damage, 100% melee power, the scaling, right? That, that's, really, that's really the issue. But let's talk further about the enhancement tree now that I've laid that groundwork. And let's put the imbued eye in that character trait enhancement tree. And if you're a player and you're listening, and this, you disagree with me, or you, you feel like I'm, the idea is contrary to more freedom in, in building, build crafting. <clears throat> I would just say to you that by putting them, uh, understandably, behind this feet paywall, it makes it a little easier for you to pick which classes are really matter and which classes are really powerful what abilities really matter because imbued eyes simply are a way for developers to artificially inflate a class's usefulness or an ability a toggle or you know whatever because people will do what the, the multi-class just to get the imbued eye so the, the class when they're building for an imbued eye build and the class is not really it's not really useful. I mean, they take what's useful out of it, out of the enhancement trees or whatnot, but they're, they're after the imbued eye. Well, why is the imbued eye so heavy in, in Eldritch Knight? Why? Well, because why? I'd love to know that. Because it's not innately, to me, my answer would be it's not innately a melee-oriented class. And so to make up for that, there's the Night Transformation, which essentially gives you the BAB, a full BAB, I think, uh, to character level or something. So it's pretty decent above. And then it also um, it comes with all these imbued die, and then a, a, an elemental selector, which is handy, but not, not I don't think it's great, great. But removing them from the Eldritch Knights tree and all these other trees, now you really see what how useful those trees are, right? 
I mean, how useful are they? How useful are those enhancements and those levels in wizard or sorcerer without the imbue die? Well, they mean nothing to an imbue build now, but how about other builds? How many other builds are, will be impacted by that? A lot. And that's a good thing because once those imbue die are removed, now they can take a look at those enhancement trees. Now, now you really get to, you want to talk about class identity. Now you can really focus on it. So the idea would be to put the imbue die into the potentially the cores of the player um, a character uh, trait enhancement tree, but more so, more so in the enhancement tree itself and not really the cores. I think the beauty of it is now you don't have people taking drought just for the imbued drought die and stuff. You know, it's like, or, you know what I'm saying? Like, just, I hate silly builds like that. I, it's, it's not, that's not depth, you know? You know, putting crack cocaine across, you know, a 3,000 span and 3,000 foot span and, and, and trying to, you know, get as much of the crack cocaine as you can, but you only have a quarter of a tank of gas. So you got to be as efficient as possible. That, that's not um, build diversity, especially when, you know, the hand that's controlling, it's kind of knocking it aside and controlling price and everything else. Um, it, the, the agency needs to lie with the player. I think when it comes to imbue die. Now, the, as a player, you may initially back away from this idea, but I think once we're finished talking about it, and you, and if you're really, really against it, you may need some some time to to think and dwell, because you know who's really probably upset by it. I would imagine the developers, even though it would potentially make their job a lot easier as far as balance is concerned. Now they can't force you um, to be interested in an enhancement tree by simply putting uh, Embudi in Tier 4 or Core 4, Core 5, right? They can't do that. It, the Embudi thing, it's, it's sent. It's done. It's, it's just like 2-up and fighting, improved 2-up and fighting, graded 2-up and fighting. Done. Right? That's, and that's how some of these enhancement trees or that's what the goal of the player character enhancement tree would be to simplify spending the enhancement points like you spend the feats so it's easier for players to grasp is everybody going to take this tree i bet people would it is called the player character trait enhancement tree. You would hope that everybody would want a slice of that. And putting things like the universe, taking those two hit and damage things out of, you know, Fadark and Falconry, that doesn't, they don't lose their identity. Their identity is, is it's, it's defined by those things. The trance, and the two hit and damage. So by giving that access to that, to the player to do whatever he wants with it, gets better feet, but that gives him more options. You know? 
know, you can just, it, you know, the, the argument of the developers would be, well, you can just do this, you can just do this now, so we're not changing anything. And that's too much work to do the imbue diving. It might be, you might think it's too much work, but in five years, uh, when your population is doubled or tripled because people can understand some of these, some of the build mechanics a little easier, uh, I don't think you'll be sad that you did it. Um, and then when you release that book that you know, you're going to release from Kickstarter, you know that I'm just kidding. But I really would love to see something like that because that would get D and D players going. That that'd be awesome. And in effect, my last podcast essentially abandons traditional video game development. You know, I, I suggested essentially in the last episode that the magistry should effectively be dumped. They, they really shouldn't have done any work with it. And they should have just focused on, okay, well, this is the major enhancement tree. It didn't work the way we wanted it to. What's a better idea? And just start with a better idea and then sell it to us. You don't have to power creep it to sell it to us. It just has to be useful. You know? And by by just making the one change I suggested the draconic incarnation, you make a lot of the people who have the access to the epic destiny trees already very happy because they're not going to um, leave your game over it, leave my game over it because this is my game too. They're not going to leave my game over it. I still get to play with them and they can still be their draconic selves. I mean, that's a win-win. There's no shame in abandoning a system that's broken or an enhancement tree that's dead. And uh, I don't think that I can pay Sandy Sun Games enough money to, to keep the lights on myself. We all do that. But I don't think we can all afford them to just keep rewriting the same thing that's already been written. It's over. The Mages Tree sucked. Right? I mean, I'm, I, I, you know, I've never, I never really played it. I played like once or twice. I don't really, really know anything about it. I'm just trying to uh, make a general argument. Like if, 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 if the magistry suck, why waste time doing it? Build something new, build something better, and lump it together with others and sell us a, a, a player expanded epic destiny theme, whatever. And, and do the same thing with the... Uh, the player character enhancement trait tree, that's a little a little different, right? Because I I don't imagine that this would be something you would get you would sell. It would just be a hard change to the foundation of character building altogether. And the goal would be to simplify it for new players, but create more depth for long-time players because a lot your new players like spend a feat to get this now the, what i just mentioned about the player character enhancement tree and what it would provide if that was the only way to get those things the the specific stat to hit and damage and the trance and all this the those older players they're gonna all take it 
certainly makes your job a lot easier. It certainly makes SSG's lot job easier as far as balancing goes. And the feed costs and all these other things can be can be looked at and tweaked and tested before release because I think it should be fairly permanent. Um, so the idea would be to trim the fat off of the enhancement tree system and consolidate the more generalized mechanics, the good ones, that SSG has introduced and that we use as players, the ones we like and we use. So we know where to get it and everybody knows where to get it. Um, and if somebody new as you know has a question, well, the tutorial is going to really be really quick about answering that, or any player can very easily answer that. Oh, you get it from here. Oh, do this, do that. Get it from here. So you know when the new player comes in, he's on his whatever, and he took this one feat, and it doesn't really do anything, or it doesn't do enough for him. And he's like, man, I wish I could do this. So I just don't feel powerful. Oh. He's talking to an older player, maybe, yeah, well, well did you, what did you take from the uh, player character trait enhancement tree? Oh, I took the talent yeah, what about, uh, what about this thing or that thing? You take those? Oh, well, I didn't, I didn't know what the player character enhancement tree really did, and I didn't want to spend the feet, because feats in 3.5, they're really big, and, you know, I don't know a lot about Dungeons and Dragons, but, you know, I knew I wanted that feat, uh, sap. Okay, great, so swap out sap, <laughs> and let's get this. And so it's, it simplifies it, right? Look, I mean, geez, I can't believe I brought up that feed sap. I can't believe that's the first one that came in my head. I used to love using that when the get cap was 10. I used to think I was like, the king shit of Turd Mountain, you know, you'd be fighting something. And back then the hit points were a lot lower. So if it boink, and I hit that thing, it would just stand still. I'm like, that's like a caster thing. I'm like a caster. Yeah, real cute. Anyways. So it, it does also bring up the the feat selection. We'll, we'll talk a little. We'll talk a little bit about that. Obviously, I don't know how players feel about some of those feats going away. I don't know how I, I, I haven't used SAP probably since two thousand nine. I don't even know if it has a DC. I, it didn't have a DC when I used it, so I don't know if it has a DC now, but. Essentially, what SAP does is a melee attack, and get, you used to be able to just pop it on a mob, and they stay still, I think, for six seconds, and you spend a feat to get it. Now, that's great to get a whole boatload of feats, but do we really need that feat? I mean, can we replace that with something else that's a little better? How about a player character enhancement tree freaking feat? That'd be great. So that, that's just the kind of stuff I'm, I'm, I'm talking about and and, and thinking about a more standardized way to build and not and when I say standardized I don't mean that we're lose class um, identity or build identity but I think what you'll find my friends my fellow players is we're, we're really not building that many diverse tunes you know but we're really not you know, there's a minimum requirement to make imbued eye effective, depending on what you're scaling off of. And the same goes for sneak attack. And us older players know that number, and Turbine knows we know that number. You know? <laughs> so, 
it's not, you know, you, let's take the mystery out of that. Let's be transparent. And then by doing so, we're able to get a better product from our dungeon master, which is, uh, excuse me, Standing Stone Games. And that's kind of the point of the tree. Like, let's cut the bullshit. And once you do that, and the trees are void of imbudi and imbudi upgrades, now you start seeing, geez, is there anything worth taking? You know? So, I think it, it would be a, a big change. I think it would be a great change. But we only really talked about two things. We talked almost like, uh, almost like up to tier three, right? You get two imbued eye saying that first tier. And then two imbued eye on the second tier. Oh, that, that seems like a lot. Okay. Change it to one. And the first one, I don't care what you do, but I think it would have been a much better idea because the Imbudi is very much an iteration, an in, an in iteration thing. Like the one kid at uh, SSG came up with the thing. It was a good idea. They implemented it. If they didn't test it enough, it hasn't been tested enough. It's not something that is in Dungeons and Dragons. And it's not something I've seen in other games. And, and maybe I'm just not paying attention. But to me, the Imbudi is simply uh, a way for a character to, com to scale damage and keep relevant. And I think, and you, so let's take this. Here's, a, here's an, another idea for the Imbudi tree. I was wondering how I was going to work it in, and now's the perfect time. So you get two Imbudi, the, the first the first tier. Boom, doom, doom. Two Imbudi. The second tier, you get one. And then you spend another feet. And then the third tier, after you spend 20 points in the tree, the third tier gives you plus one imbued die, but that's just the passive because it's got another bigger passive. And the bigger passive is you gain, you double your imbued die at tier four and you get plus one. So really it becomes like a plus two, right? So now it's two, four, six by tier four. That's a, I just spitballing this. I'm not a developer guy, but. It seems to me that four imbudi or uh, four imbudi, one, two, three, four. Yeah, I think if we did four imbudi, I, I think you'd have to change the cost from one to two points. And that way you could keep them in tier one and tier two and spend four, one feet four points and get four uh four points and two one two so each one would be worth two points so i'm trying to i'm really math is hard for me and simple math is the worst so two action points for one of you die it's expensive 
but the payoff comes later. But it's still not too expensive that you can't add it to your build if you really wanted to. But really, people that are going for imbued eye aren't adding 40 or 50 damage. They want to add 3,000 damage or 1,000 damage or 600 damage. They want to add a lot of damage. So people that are going for imbued eye are going to go up the tree, just like the two-hit damage tier two, trans tier three. They're, they're going to go up all the way up that because that's what players want. And players like to feel like, oh, I got a lot of imbued eye. You know, they like to feel that way. You, they just do. I, I, there might be better ways to a, apply it in in the game, but I, I lack I lack the necessary skills to have much more to say on the topic. Other than I, I think it should cost two action points for one of you die. That way, it balances a little bit against someone spending the feet, unlocking the tree for one point, and then immediately spending one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, or whatever it would be. So five would be five points, or so seven points, and getting four and you die and you know, blowing up the harbor. We wouldn't want that now. Um, Yeah, so I think that, that that's an inadequate cost. And then having something that doubles and potentially triples your imbue die on, at tier five would be um, a much easier way to balance it. You know, I, I just do, and, and unlike my last episode where we talked about bundling uh, like character additions, like expanding the enhancement tree and customization through uh, like a themed type thing you have to go back and listen to the episode so what i want to do is say that while this is a certainly a more permanent thing the character the player character trait enhancement tree would be a more permanent thing and and it wouldn't need to be balanced it doesn't mean you can't add to it you know it just so now you get, now you get something cool to add to now, I don't know what else should go into the, to the tree. I've thought about, you know, let's take all the hit point enhancements out of every class tree and just put, you know, the 15 points here, another five points at next point. You know, but then I'm thinking, well, geez, now you've really gutted all the trees, right? So I don't think that that might be too extreme. It also might be too extreme to just random. You don't want to randomly add to this trait tree. It doesn't want to have three PRR. It doesn't want to have plus one to saves. It wants to be a way to easily allow new players to, to understand and maintain uh, power in their build and growth in their build without a whole heap of knowledge of DDO. And you want to have, a, it's a central location for experienced players and their go-to tree because this is how they build anyways. They're building it this way anyways. I don't know. I think it would be good. Obviously, you lose some, some probably some sales for, you know, falconry and whatnot. But, you know, I'm not a developer, but if you remove enhancements, I'm sure you could add something. But now it would have to be meaningful. It can't be just bullshit.
you know, it has to be meaningful. You uh, you have animals as a favorite enemy. You take vermin as a favorite enemy. You can't, can't be that kind of stuff. You know, it's got to be more meaningful. Um, I mean, what, what do you guys think? I think that's a, a, a pretty decent idea. I, I would love to see it have some type of, like, DC thing for casters or combat uh, mastery. But I also feel like uh, it's just going to they're just going to balance against it. Like, because uh, I'm thinking of that, like for a new player or if you're an older player and you're starting a new tune and you're like, man, I really miss my past lives. Well, then you're spending points here in this DC tree. You know, you know what I'm saying? That DC line to, to offset that a little bit, you know, and for the, for the 1 millionth time, please SSG stop balancing against uh, the past lives because if you stop doing that and f now this tree now you could potentially add, add the DCs in there and they would be relevant I don't know about the DC thing again I'm throwing this idea out here I think it's good obviously it's a sparse tree but that's okay I mean that's alright Nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong with it. It's funny because now that I, I just stopped talking because I'm like, holy shit, you know what you could do? <laughs> I'm just in my head. These ideas, I feel like they're fun to think about. And I think they would be really great to add to the game. I think that'd be, they'd be good. Uh, I'd like to get all my impu die in one place. And it's a lot easier to balance it when it's there. It's a lot easier to advertise it when it's there. And I, I don't think it takes away from build diversity. I think it puts, again, the onus on your DM to come up with uh, good content for his players. And it um, doesn't give them an out. You know, when I see, so from a business standpoint, right? I, when I see a company um, simply just reworking something that's already released, I don't consider that number one, new content or improving the game. Like let's take the major street. I, I don't find that as a player who contributes financially to, to Standing Stone Games, quite substantially, I I don't see I don't see any value in that in, in the company's long term you know, uh, long term life because it, while it may add some new options to the game, it, you, you just you you repackage the mac and cheese and you just gave me more cheese it's just a little saltier or it's a little sweet you see what i'm saying so it's not like a a whole new wow this is zesty mac and cheese it's not a whole new thing it's just here's more of the same you know where you take power from this tree and add it to this tree and i get you're trying to balance it but i you just it, i really think the approach is wrong you need to take the approach that Dungeons and Dragons Online is a is a living, breathing tabletop, 
and treat it that way and less like a video game. And when you do treat it like a video game, complete the idea, complete the thought. Don't release it half-baked. Don't rush it out the door. Don't put filler enhancements in. And I think this will help both, both the players and the developers, the dungeon masters, right? Because now they know how to be more creative too. They know where they can be creative. And I, I don't know. I just think it's a great idea. Well, everybody's going to think of you guys. Okay, so what? It's already restricted on 510. It doesn't mean they're going to toggle. What toggle are they going to take? Well, I'll tell you what. The developers are going to find out which one is the best toggle real quick. In about two days. One day. Well, I don't know if they're actively playing the game, but I'm telling you, one day, somebody, in an hour, somebody, somebody already knows what it is. And they, they would just love to get their hands on the system. They could apply, you know, the mass amounts of uh, imbuti that some classes have access to and others don't. And I get that there's a reason for it. You know, I get that barbarians, you know, they have limited access in their trees anyways because, you know, yeah, they get the, the, the buy two crit multiplier at tier five. You get, now you're going to give them all of the Eldritch Knights and Budai? All of the Eldritch Knight and Budai? No, I don't, I don't think so. No, I think that that's where, uh, and that's where you're going to have to standardize the scaling. And I, I also think, you know, you, in a core, you could choose what scaling stat your imbued eye comes off of, right? So you're not spoiling necessarily the tree itself with it. It's one point, you spent the feet, where do you want, where does your character take, where does he derive that power from? Tell us. That's cool. That's, that's, that's kind of a cool customization option. And yeah, it will expose classes and enhancement trees that are that significantly overshadow others. It will. And I think that's a good thing because that's the whole point of the idea is to trim the fat, cut the bullshit. So real diversity, and not that it doesn't exist now, but I'm saying that more uh, stronger, lasting, you know, people have more fun, easier, I guess. You know, yeah, I think that's a good idea. I wasn't going to mention the scaling thing. That was kind of something I thought of today. Um, and then I just was like, man, this is getting, this idea is getting away from me. I need to stop thinking about it. I'm just going to. It's going to consume me. I'm going to just think about it all the time. But I do think that there is uh, something there as far as a player character trait uh, enhancement tree. There's an interesting thing that can be done with an enhancement tree like this. Like 
you're thinking maybe you're like me and you're thinking geez what else what else would a player really want to have access to after they spent a fee how about this how about an enhancement where you can select one weapon that counts as either your favored uh, deity weapon or counts as a monk weapon. And, and you put that thing right in that first 10-point area. So if you want it, you can get it in 11 points. It costs a feat, but the, 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 I envision the enhancement costing one. And keep in mind that this particular tree, so far anyways, has no fat. Unless you're building strength. Now, if they want to keep the... Uh, the decks to hit stuff and all the other crap that's in the other trees, I guess they can for now. But I think the uh, the long-term goal should be to remove those and replace that with something more meaningful. And then, yeah, you force players to, to use this system, but you force them to use it anyways. And it's so convoluted. There's so many of them. It's so complicated. It makes my head spin. And then you get a new player, you try to explain it to him, and then he's like, well, what about TR? Holy shit, guys, slow down. Let me let me tell you how to get Dex to hit first, okay? And it's like, because there's so many options for that, right? So it's, it, you know, it's just, so what good is weapon finesse? Tell me, please. What good is it? Trim the fat. Trim the fat make it efficient and colorful that's the whole point of at least my train of thought the last few months because i want to see ddo not just survive i wanted to see it to see it grow and i don't know if we would lose players if these kinds of changes were like talked about i don't think you would at all i think you'd find them to be very happy especially once they try it And I really think it would shake up the game, the player character trait enhancement tree, so much that I think it would, it should spend, you know, a year in development and testing. And then when it's time to release it, we don't really release it. You release it to the live servers with the expectation that you're going to turn it off. So you let players play with it for a month. See what they do. See what happens. And because everything's all centralized, it's much easier to balance. And it's potentially already balanced. What would be left to balance as far as the, like the, like take the Imbudi example, what would be left to balance is these, the toggles that are out of skew as far as scaling goes, right? Because you're gonna identify that in the first day. And that's why I thought of, well, why don't we just 
standardize the scaling and let the player choose where he wants it to come from. That's cool. It's a lot less work when you're developing new stuff because that's done. Now you just have to come up with a cool imbue toggle. We don't have a, a piercing imbue toggle. The elder, the warlock does. For a spell. Right? So, just something to th I, that I think that stuff is something to think about. And it doesn't mean, this is what I mean about the rabbit hole about this whole thing. So say that happens. And say the max, say you get all the way to tier five and you invest in that Ibudai line for that player character trait enhancement tree. Say you do. And say it maxes out at, I'm, don't get upset, but say 12 Ibudai. Say it just does. It's, it's all you get, 12. On crits, it applies another four. Right? It doesn't mean that the new imbue toggles or all of the other imbue toggles can't be looked at and consideration given to the type of damage that it applies. A piercing imbue toggle doesn't seem really that great. It doesn't. But what if it gave you, you know, a lot more, like made... It, it was made the imbued eye a lot more effective against what it was applied to. Well, now we have a problem. Well, because what if people start taking these different imbued eyes and now they're, you know, now they're really crushing, crushing game contents and being, it, we didn't intend for it to make all content so super easy. It, it won't, number one, but number two, that's a great question because now maybe we can consider putting the imbue toggles into that tree into one of the cores and allowing the player to select whichever one they want and potentially allow them to select a second one and now they only have access to two but they they can pick whatever one they want No, oh, no, we like it that I, I like it that way. I like it that way because the system as it stands now is it's a it's it's illusory. It's a, the choice is illusory, really, if you're building into a budai. And I'm not saying that there aren't great pure class builds and all this other stuff. I'm just talking about real diversity in building and character building and real meaningful choices. Not every player needs um, wisdom to hit and damage or charisma to hit and damage or dex to hit and damage. And if that was left alone, because most, you know, you always want to make the least amount of change. But I do think that just adding something like this is a huge change. So it's, it's already kind of done enough. It's done a ton of heavy lifting. So I wouldn't touch like the ranger enhancements, the monk. I wouldn't touch the other the you know the the rogue ones i wouldn't touch all that stuff or even you know the elder Knight to hit one i wouldn't touch that i would 
remove it from the universes. Because they don't necessarily, they, their, the identity I have to them is, is simply their trance and it just, it's, to me it's really, it's a really shallow way to force people to spend enhancement points. And it's cheap. As a longtime player, um, yeah, I don't know how many times I've re-rolled characters with a plus five lesser heart of wood, burned reincarnation timers, and changed 10 or 15 levels in a day. 30 levels in a day. I don't know how many times I've done that, but I've, I've tested on a lot of things. And, and I always find, I always hate, I really dislike, strongly dislike, realizing I don't have a choice. And not all players experience that because they don't, uh, they don't, you know, spend six thousand points on plus five lesser hearts of wood. You know, they don't have you know twenty reincarnation timers. Some of them do. There are quite a few of them that do. I'm not alone in this. I'm sure other players will, if those players would agree, if they tried it, that you start to really narrow your options of what works and what doesn't. And it feels bad that, oh, well, that, yeah, we should never take that. Even though a lay guy, like a lay player that doesn't, like, like, a, like not a whale, uh, doesn't, sees value in it and gets value from the, that particular enhancement. But somebody that is a whale and has tested all the stuff is like, yeah, well, yeah, you might be benefiting from it, but it's not actually doing anything for you. Yeah, you feel good. Yeah, you feel like it does something, but no, it doesn't. One of the main things I think would help developers do and help players do is, is identify which trees are just uh, kind of overshadowing others, and it gives you the ability of what to do about it better. Because you're focused on what the tree actually lacks, what the tree actually needs, rather than just throwing, well, we'll just give it two more imbue die. Give it, uh, it scales at 150% now, melee power, instead of 100. You know what I'm saying? You're, now you're giving it real meaningful stuff. And it's not like you can't add some of that stuff into the enhancement tree. Like, this can be, you have the player character trait enhancement tree and it's a functional use of imbue die, but it doesn't mean that an enhancement in the Barbarian tree or the Eldritch Knight tree can't say if you have all these feats or if you have all these enhancements, you know, you gain, you also add 75% of your you know, highest spell power to your imbue die scaling, right? There's nothing that says you can't add something like that to the game. But again, it, you know, you got a year to fix it, year to do it. And, and when it's all said and done, you write all that stuff down in a book and you, and you let people buy the book. You post it on the forum, sure, but make it available to be purchased on PDF. Oh, you're hiding the 
You're hiding the rule set behind a paywall. Yeah, man. Welcome to Dungeons and Dragons, dude. Yeah, I am. Yep, that's the way Dungeons and Dragons is. You can still play the video game. You don't need the book. There's nothing to say you can't play it for free. There's tons of tutorials, and there's other players running around you can ask. So it's not like you, you were restricting anybody's access to the information by putting in a book and then putting it up for sale. You're just generating income for that. That's That thing doesn't exist. you got to put the work in, but I want you to put the work in something like that, not redoing the Magus tree, redoing the Shirati tree for the 20 hundredth millionth time. You see what I mean? And maybe it's just because I, I don't know. I, I don't want it just because I, I just think that I, I'd like to see more. That's where I think time should be spent. And you guys are great at pumping out these archetypes. It slowed down, I would imagine, because the. I, I think personally, it's probably because the idea of archetypes has worn thin and the well, the creativity well is dried up because there's not a lot of real choice in the enhancement trees. And just because you release a new one that changes something doesn't mean that you're really giving players choice. And it it has become a lot harder than it was in the beginning. But I think about the, uh, uh, shit, the dark apostate and how it had imbudi. And, and uh, after the change, you know, the imbudi changes, it, it was released after the imbudi changes. And people were like, oh, I'm going to make a melee build. And people were like, man, this sucks. This, this isn't enough imbudi. This is, like lipstick on a pig. And this uh, player character trait enhancement tree that that removes that lipstick it, and it turns it into a lion. And then players can find more identity in a class tree. You know, you can have this tree, but then you can have the class enhancement trees provide more identity. Apply those things in different ways. For every imbued eye that you have, you apply one stack of damage over time bleed, say, right? So you make the bleed dot effective by doing this. And that's in a class enhancement tree. This scales off whatever spell power or whatever melee power whatever you, you chose in that character enhancement tree and you can do that as a developer and you can easily see if it's overpowered because it's all laid out right there it's not hidden and you don't have to wonder like geez i wonder what the players are going to do next with this imbue thing you don't have to wonder that because we've all got it spelled out we all know what it is and we're going to get what we're going to get and then can you make an effective damage build without imbue die well, let's find out. And if you can't, how can we make that happen? And is there something we should be adding to some of these other trees to make it so 
this imbudi thing is an option and not a necessary not not necessary you know because the classes that generally get the the imbue toggles i mean i'm just gonna totally guess but from my experience if not invested happenstance grab it in the tree because there's nothing else or you don't feel like uh, going wild uh, with theory crafting or you're just brand new and don't know any better you know say the way the system is now you, you spend all the points i mean what are you really looking at for damage you know 50 to maybe 200 for like a a lay player or like a a new player or a casual player that's not actively seeking out imbue die, actively seeking out uh, a way to buff or add to what what it's scaled off of. What do you, what are they really getting from it? You know. So I, I I just I think this is a much more effective way of applying it and applying uh, the enhancements that you have created the way you've created them and making them a little bit more meaningful and a little bit more customizable again not every character a barbarian's never going to need that like wisdom to hit right i mean none of the rage comes off of it you know, it doesn't buff that so there's no reason to I don't think fret too much. Also, I have one problem, real big problem, with that in that character trait enhancement tree. I have one big problem with it. I don't know what else to put in it that's meaningful, universal, and a player wants that's customizable, not like, um, I just don't know, I don't know. Because anything you add, like say you add, uh, you know, uh, you say you add, let's so say you see we wanna fill out that tier one and you, so you gain 5% for it. You gain five hit points, 10 hit points, 15 hit points. I just I'm hesitant to say that stuff because now that's shit that to me is like holy shit we have like you, know, you get the quality five percent and falconry you got your twenty five percent confidence that you can get from many trees you got the sacred bonus you can get to hit points I don't know what an, an additional fifteen hit points to an, an, an additional tree is going to do I don't know maybe nothing because you're still limited to the seven trees. So maybe nothing, maybe, it, maybe it's something that you can't add and it's super beneficial to new players and, you know, a, an older player doesn't mind getting an extra 15 hit points. But I don't know, I, and I don't envision the tree having stuff like that in it. I envision it having real, real meaningful stuff that you want to build into. And it's already very attractive by virtue of the, the stat stats of damage and the imbued eye being all centrally located there so people are going to go to it people are going to use it um everybody's going to use it right and 
I don't. I, I think it should be the character trait enhancement tree, and it you know it doesn't apply. The you know the, it's not a universal enhancement tree. It's a player character trait enhancement tree. So the universal APs don't don't apply here. Okay, um, it is supposed to provide m more choice, but it's also it's not a flavor thing. You know, you are building your character in a certain way, and this type of, uh, of power is, is very advantageous for him. And again, if it's the Eldritch Knight relies on extra imbued eye damage more than other classes, then you simply add the enhancement, you know, in tier one. You add 25% of your highest spell power to your imbued eye damage scaling, like as an addition, right? And then tier two, you add 50%, not additive. It just goes from 25 to 50. It doesn't go to 75. And then tier four, 75%. And then tier tier five, you add 100% or whatever your highest vote are. And then if that's out of whack, like they're blowing things up for a million damage, boom, you, you know where to go to take it down. And you don't take it from the player character enhancement tree. You don't do that. Just trim it right off the Eldritch Knight one. Not everybody needs to be affected by it. It's, having that kind of stuff centrally located, I think, helps. And let's, let's talk about this. Crit multipliers and crit expanders. Let's just think about that for a second, man. Think about it. Would you as a player like to choose? And would you like to keep that in a place that kind of makes sense? Well, what are you going to do for the other trees if you take that out of there? Well, you don't have to take like the barbarian to buy two one from the barbarian. Well, you don't have to take that away. You know, it gives you a lot of freedom, and then it allows you to change up the stuff that's there. The The, the issue with that would be, I, I think it would have to be, you'd have to separate them, the multiplier and the threat range, the expanded threat range and the additional crit, critical multiplier. I'm thinking. I know it's really bad. I should have done this before. This one's already over an hour, and this is what I'm talking about. And I had like 12 hours of tape that I just jumped because I, I mean, I'm just, I get so caught up in this, and it's so easy to go on to something else. And I'm really trying to focus on this 
just each topic and go in depth. And this one is really, I think, really in depth, and it would shake up the game in such a way. Like what update sixty six? What they're kind of trying to do with it? This upset. This upsets the meta. This re. This is the reset button for DDO. This is the way you can add more challenge without adding Reaper Eleven. You know what I'm saying? That's why it was difficult for me to. Um, I guess that's why I had twelve hours of tape because it just you take an idea like this, you apply it game wide. And while well, some things are slightly more effective, so some things are slightly less effective, now you're starting to realize, oh man, you can do some things with the creatures in the environment now that you maybe couldn't do before. You know? And you know, you know where the, uh, you know, where the point's going to be spent. But you're going to find all the flaws. This is, I'm going to wrap it up. We're going to wrap it up. But a system like this would expose all the flaws in DDO. From defensive mechanics that players have access to, to damage buffs and boosts that players have access to. It will expose all those flaws. But now you can really make meaningful changes and, and big sweeping changes once you develop a, a, a tree like this. Now, I'm not saying we take every valuable thing in the game and put it in one tree. I'm saying we take the generalized upgrades of power and put them in one tree and then some customization, like meaningful customization options go into the tree. And that's all we've really done. But now you, we've exposed what what's powerful in the game and what's not. What needs to be looked at and what doesn't. And um, the great thing about it is you don't have to nerf anything and you don't have to... Um, you don't have to upset that apple cart. You can just add really cool shit <laughs> to bring everything in line. And you have a much easier way to set how much damage you want your players to do. You, There's nothing I can do about the loot and the crazy things they've done with the loot. But I think a tree like that could inform the loot and keep it much more balanced. And as far as difficulty goes, as far as quest challenge goes, There are several ways to, there, you know, there's an infinite possibility, but the system has to be permanent and completely iterated out. It can't be under development that you're going to lose players. You're going to lose revenue. The game's going to shut down. I mean, eventually. Granted, this is the biggest shakeup we've had in a while, but 
People are really hurt by it, man. And there are bugs you got to work on. You can't be nerfing shit. You got bugs to work on. I'm sure there's still a creative team, even when bugs are being worked on, that's making new stuff. So you can make new stuff, but I'm also sure it's probably all hands on deck when you start nerfing shit. And if it ain't, it should be because I'm, if the dragon incarnation came out the way it did, there's nothing to say that the changes that are being made aren't going to have huge unintended, un, unintentional power growth for some builds. I mean, I mean, as much as what we have with the Dragon Incarnation, and we've just moved it to a different tree, that's not what any player wants. They want something like, oh, if I go in this tree, I get this stuff. And I'm only going to get this much because I'm this class, and I don't want to go anymore. This is good. But now you know how to balance against that. There's no it's hidden. There's no surprise, motherfucker, it doesn't work. None of that shit exists. It's just all right there for the players. And that's good because you empower the players. You empower the community. I don't... I know it would inform loot because it gives you the ability now to essentially introduce a system like this. And if you wanted to introduce it at a, at a lower level, like lower all-player power, so to speak, lower all you know, lower all in view power, you can. And the good thing about that, something like that, is you can still keep it, you get two imbued eye for for two points in in the tier five, the tier one there. You can still do that to, to help out the newer player base, keep up with damage, make them feel good about the choice. But you don't want to fool them. You don't want to lie to them. So it still has to be impactful when they go all the way up to tier five. But it doesn't mean you can't combine that with loot drops now that affect those mechanics. And I'm getting this idea straight from SSG. That's exactly what they did with armor class and, and the defensive mechanics in the game. It's exactly what they did with it. And um, it took some time. They iterated on it a shitload. No shit, people got 100% dodge. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they had to iterate. They, they didn't know it was going to happen. Otherwise, they would have done it beforehand. But a system like this, you test it for a year, you roll it out for a month, make a little tweaks, and release it for another month. See what happens. And then make little tweaks. And then release it. Develop it for a year. Test it on the live servers. Turn it off. Adjust it. Update. Let us try to break it. The beauty of this game is that players make really interesting characters and they can they build them effectively. But it's also the game's flaw because the system that is in place now is so, it's not just complex, it's convoluted. It's confusing. And the goal is to eliminate that, streamline it. 
and avoid massive nerves, massive gameplay mechanic changes. Because it was a good idea, everybody liked it, it seemed pretty balanced, you know, we adjusted everything. Everybody, you know, everybody on the team took a took an imbue and, and we all adjusted its scaling power and blah blah blah, tested it ourselves. You know, you you're not gonna you don't need to really do that now. You you'll do that for each imbue toggle, sure, but you don't have to. You can put it right in the tree or something. You're, and then you just adjust the power level of that imbue die with the enhancement number from said class tree that used to provide the imbue toggle. And you don't have to worry about someone taking 8,000 different imbue toggles, buffing their imbue damage, and now bypassing every DR and all these unintended comps. You don't have to worry about that because you're already going to limit it to two. And I think we can all agree that's a certainly a reasonable number of imbue toggles to be dancing around. Not that I know many people that dance around imbue toggles. But it's, it's an option. So that's, I, I do think it, that would really shake up the game. And I think that would cause sweeping changes. But the good thing about something like that is I think it, it would bring permanent change and a much better way for us to continue moving forward. Especially if you left the tree empty and just gave it to it as is and adjusted the tiers so it wasn't, you know, right now we have five, 10, 20, 30 points to get to tier five. If you adjusted that tree, so it's like, you have to spend two points in this tree to get to the, okay, that's great, because there's not much there. That's great, that's fine. You can do that, we would accept that. Especially if the goal is, hey, when we add stuff to this tree, it's forever and it's gonna be good. You're gonna love it. It's going to give you way more stuff, way more, way more options to build with. That's, that's kind of the idea behind it. All right. Yeah, that wasn't just a, a silent let me think. That was me looking at you like uh, like in finality, right? Like it's <laughs> finisse. Really. I, um, I have nothing really more to say on the topic. I could talk for hours on it and the, the complications it would make and all the headaches. But the reality is, you rip the imbue dice out, you put them here. You take the two hit and damage, you put it here. You take the transport it here. Oh, there's only two different lines up the tree. They only got, one goes up to tier three and one goes up to tier four. Who gives a shit? No one cares. As long as it's meaningful, no one cares. We'll all, we'll all take it because it is. And once you do that, yeah, everybody's going to take the you know, six damage that whatever you, 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 you provide. Yeah, maybe. But now you know, hey, um, all players' damage just went up by 350. Yeah, what did they lose? You know, what did they lose? And that's where you start adjusting that, you know, that point cost for the MU die. You adjust that. And what did they lose? You know, maybe it's very expensive to get a MU die. Maybe it's four points for one. Four points for two. And four points triples it. You know, I don't know. It needs to be sussed out. But it's much easier to explain that to a new player.
it's worth the investment. And it gives us older players like, hey, don't take that till this level. Reset your. It gives us like all kinds of cool stuff to do. And then you don't have people like me spending 9,000 points only to find out that, jeez, that enhancement tree's junk. This one will never work. You know? Now you have now you have me spending that kind of money on like TR boxes because I gotta I, I gotta have the, I gotta have this and that you know because it's going to it's, it's, I think it's gonna be great anyways again I could just keep rolling on this topic so I'll uh, I'll cut it off here thanks for coming guys I know the caves getting tight getting crowded in here um working on a spell to widen the cavern and i don't want to increase the fire size but i want to spread the heat so i'm working on a couple of spells there and i the last time i played with the teleportation spell i was gone for eight months so i'm gonna i'm gonna make small changes but they'll be permanent ones and they'll be for the best adios see you in game